Hey everybody, we're about to get into a new episode of Dancers. Before we do, I am going to be in Michigan performing stand-up comedy. I will be in Detroit uh, June 15th, Lansing June 16th, and Grand Rapids June 17th. You know, whenever I perform stand-up somewhere, I try to look up a news headline just to see what's going on there. And for Michigan, it was awesome. The news headline was... The headline was, Young People Largely Don't See Themselves Staying in Michigan. That's the headline. That's awesome. There's something... And by the way, this is like a Michigan newspaper. I love a state with low self-esteem. And that just really got me in the heart. Because I live in a place that doesn't have very high self-esteem. And it's... It's nice to see that we have a contemporary. Uh, Other than that, just please join the Patreon. Please uh, check out my link tree. I'm going to put it in the bio. Sorry I'm a little low energy on this one. Uh, I get into some of that, uh, but, you know, it's a good episode. It is. I really do. I I like the episode I just did, even if it is a bit L-E. But thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Have a good one. Hello and welcome to the Dancers Podcast. I am your host, Dan Donahue. I am not feeling great. But when I'm not feeling great, I'm kind of extra happy I have the podcast. I know that sounds stupid and weird, but it's nice to share stuff like this. I do have good friends that I can share stuff with. I'm not one of these people who are like, I man, comedy is my therapy. Because if you're like that, I would say go to a therapist, but that might not be enough for you. If you are saying things like, comedy is my therapy, you need to go to the next step of therapy. I don't know exactly what that is. I assume it's maybe a therapist who's on steroids. I think that might be therapy to the next level. There's normal therapy, which is like a guy with a cardigan or a woman with frizzy hair and a cardigan. And then you bump up to a therapist who's on like a good, a a really big cycle. He's cycling hard. His skin has the texture of hot dog meat. Because then then you could tell him your problem is the same as you would as a normal therapist. But he could also just give you hugs that squeeze the sadness and the happiness out of you. And I think that would be a nice experience going into a therapist. Getting hugged by a guy who sort of feels like warm, moving granite. I think that would be nice. But yeah, I I have this feeling of, uh, of loneliness. It's not bad. I don't think feeling lonely is bad. I think what's bad is the resistance to it. You know? Because when you're feeling lonely, you can tell yourself as many times as you want oh, well, we live in a lonely society. People say, it's true. It's true. We live in a lonely society. You know, I've talked about this, but 
we don't talk to our neighbors as much. When we're at work, we don't really talk to our coworkers like they're real people. You know what I mean? We talk to them kind of like they're a means to an end. And we're sort of disparaged in a lot of ways from forming community. And I think, I mean, if I'm being tinfoil hat Dan, which not completely, but I do think of things in these terms some sometimes. It's like, well, who easy to sell to than an isolated person? Who needs things more than an isolated person? You know? Isolation and kind of, you know, isolation, that's, that's, isolation just makes you easy to sell stuff to. You know, I hear about my, my, my parents talking and they're like, oh yeah, when we needed sugar, we would borrow it from our neighbors. And I'm like, borrow it from, borrow it from your neighbors. If I went to my neighbor's door, I would assume to be met with like, I th- I would think a dog would attack me. A trained dog. Like I would I wouldn't even fathom asking my neighbor for what time it is. I don't even to to truth be told, considering where I live in Hollywood, I don't even know if my neighbor understands what time is. If I go to my neighbor's place and I say what time is it, he would go, Well, nineteen eighty, of course, the last time I was in a movie. Have you ever seen and then I would just walk away. But yeah, I I think I think isolation is like a very normal feeling to have, but that doesn't make it feel any better, you know. I've been lonely for a long time. I was lonely when I was a kid. Oh, oof, being a lonely kid. I don't get a visceral reaction to a lot of stuff when I'm remembering it from way back when. But ooh, the loneliness was rough. I would go. Man, I would go to this dance, the school dance. We called them wharf dances. And I always, my whole life, would show up to places early. And that is usually not a good thing. Now, it's a respectful thing to do to other people because you're considering their time and your considering uh your own punctuality like you 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 are aware of the situation and you want to show other people you're aware of the situation you're being cordial right but usually especially when it's like a fun social thing boy it ain't the move partner okay because you show up early to a wharf dance and you didn't take into account the fact that no one there is your friend. Like, your friends haven't shown up because you forgot the fact that you have two friends. And one of their names is Evan and one of their names is Ben. And their parents are uh, busy fighting with each other. So... I would get to the wharf dance early in my tight 
pastel polo. Ooh, folks. We were rocking a, a pink or lime green pastel bordering neon polo. We may have tried spiking our hair once. Boy, did that not take, but we were so pathetic. We wanted to be the kind of kid who had spiked hair. That's where we were at that age. We were begging. We were pleading. We were hoping that someday we could be the kind of guy who had spiked Spiked hair. Ooh. And you knew Sophie Harding was going to be there. And you knew Brenna Maloney was going to be there. And you wanted them. I mean, they they were never going to date you. They were, hey, they were never going to date you. But what if they, what if they took a glimpse? <gasps> You're 12 years old. Okay. You're 12 years old. You're only. You're only a little bit overweight at this point. That would mean everything to you. So I would show up to these dances early and not know anyone. I would mill about. And this is before your cell phone did anything. I had a cell phone. Some of my friends had cell phones that did things. I was I was born in a very interesting time where some of our cell phones did something and some of our cell phones did absolutely nothing. And it was so funny. It's so funny. The The exact time period I grew up is a lot of kids had iPhones, but not all of them. A lot of kids had smartphones, but not all of them. So, so you would show up with your cell phone being like happy because you're like, oh my God, I can text. And your friend is like, yeah, I can, I can see what's going on in Istanbul right now. And you were like, oh, um... I can also call. <laughs> they would be like, oh, th yeah, that's cool. Um, I can access any piece of information that's ever been created. And you could be like, um, hmm. Well, I've kind of reached the end of what my cell phone. D I, I, um, I can call twice, you know. How about that? So I would show up. And I would just mill around. But th that's the thing is back then, there was nothing. When you showed up to a place early, my parents dropped me off. So I had no way of getting out. And I wasn't, I guess I was old enough to maybe walk around by myself. But I wasn't a bad kid. I was a real rule follower. And that's tough. See, people always talk about how tough it is being a kid who follows the rules. Or, or sorry, people talk about how tough it is being a bad kid, right? Because you're, oh man, I was just such a, I was getting into trouble all the time. No one talks about how tough it is being a kid who followed all of the rules, and then you grow up and you realize that was the time to break them when there weren't any real percussions. Now, for a certain level of activity and a certain uh, level of let's say criminality to the activity there were going to be repercussions obviously but if you were gonna do something bad that was the age and you missed it because now you're grown up most of the time when you're a kid you can get away with a not not from your parents but from society do you know what i'm saying it, 
I guess I need to specify more. <laughs> when you are a white kid in Mattapoisett, Massachusetts, that is your time to do bad things. Okay? And I, I was super, such a rule follower. Never broke the rules. Still to this day as an adult, I'm a super big rule follower. You know? And uh, so I never walked away. So what I did was I would open my flip phone and I would pretend to take a call. I would show up to a dance early and none of my friends would be there as a kid. So I would flip open my flip phone and I would pretend to take a call. Seems like a smart plan. However, I was not good at making fake phone calls. I did something that a lot of people who are not great at lying do, where I go too big with the lie. Okay? I would take the ring, ring, ring. ring. I, I wouldn't go ring, ring. That, that's basically what I would do. I would go ring, ring. Oh, look. I have a phone call. Hello. Now, when you're 12-year-old me, and you're trying to make a fake or take a fake phone call, what, what are some of the things you think? Just off the top of your head, think right now. What are some of the things? Oh, my mom's calling me. What, is she, what does she have to say? A friend is calling me. He's on the way. Oh, hey, Rick. Oh, yeah, you're on your way? Cool. Yeah, no, I'm right by the tree. Yeah, what are you guys? I, you could carry that conversation on until the dogs come home. No, that's not what I was doing. I was like, are you kidding me? She's pregnant? That's the kind of thing I was saying on the fake phone call. No, I need you to sell it all, okay? A recession is coming. I didn't know what that word meant. But for some reason, I felt like if I was going to take or make, I mean, a fake phone call, that I should heighten it. And I don't know why I thought that. I don't know why I thought that. But every fake phone call I took was just like, who the, who the fuck is this? <laughs> who is this? Who's calling me? Listen, if I find out who you are, I'm taking my pastel green polo and boat shoes that I am going to return because they give my feet blisters. And I'm going to find you. Okay? I'm going to find you. I'm going to take you out. Do you understand? Yeah, no. Yeah, sorry. No, yeah, I'm on a yeah, I'm on a call. No, don't don't worry about me. No, I'm just on a phone. Listen to me. <laughs> that um Yeah. Yeah, so when it comes to when it comes to that sort of stuff, when it comes to the loneliness stuff, I, I've just, I've been in it, and you wish it just gets better, but it doesn't. It goes, it goes up and down. You know, I saw a graph, and it showed that most people experience their, le le the least loneliness when they're kids, and as they get older, it goes 
down and down and down. And man, it it really makes me sad thinking about that. You know? Because there's, there's so many people out there who do have stuff to offer. Like they have a very rich inner world. But socializing is such a muscle. And if you don't flex it, it gets harder. Like it atrophies. It can't because I know that because when I was like kind of a maladjusted kid, I I remember the times I did want to talk like or communicate with people. What I and still to this day, still today, and it's normal human stuff. Everybody has this to a degree, right? But man, it's like when I wanted to talk to people, when I had something to say to them, it just didn't really come out right. Like the feelings and emotions, it would come out. I would be like. Oh, I want that person to be my friend. I I like that person, and I want them to be my friend. So what I'm going to do is tackle them. You know? My intentions there were good. I wanted to make a friend. But at the end of the day, when you tackle the popular kid in school, the mistake is on you. Okay, the mistake was made by you. You are not going to recover that friendship. You are going to get a call to your parents and your parents are going to tell you in the living room they understand and then argue in the kitchen. Okay. (laughs) But, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's. I don't know how to solve it, right? Because you you can see all the information you want about like, oh, well, society is collapsing and interpersonal communication is at an all-time low and stuff. But the only way to fix it is really to just try to talk to people. And who wants to do that? Ugh. Ugh. Talk to people. What are we? What are What are we? Chat GPT? Oh, you want me to communicate with people and respond to the things they're saying to me? Who am I? Chat GPT? The AI used to take screenwriters' jobs and nothing else? No, I'm a man. I have thi- I can't go out and communicate like I was invited to tonight. I need to do my podcast. What don't we understand about that? I did get to see some of my friends this week, which was good. But, you know, it it was bittersweet because we went to see a basketball game, right? Uh, we went to watch the Celtics and Heat. Now, I'm not a very close basketball watcher, but I I am from Boston area. I, I'm not, not even Boston area. I, I have to say, in L.A., when someone asks where you're from and you say Cape Cod, they're like, where is that? And you just go, oh, it's near Boston. Um, and then they go, oh, oh cool, um... Anyway, do you want to join Herbalife? And you go, no. You go, absolutely not. That's what happens in L- That's an L.A. conversation. They they ask where you're from. 
You say where you're from. They go, I don't know where that is. You say something where you're not from, and then they try to get you into a multi-level marketing scheme. That is Los Angeles in a nutshell. Um, So I was watching the game, and sports, sports is so funny because they're a great way to bring people together. They're one of the best ways to bring people together. Sports are. A lot of people talk down on sports. I understand why, right? You can only have so many scandals until people start getting cautious. I get it. I get it. But let me make a little case for sports. Sports help you experience the sports help you experience the highs of victory and the lows of defeat without it affecting your physical being unless you live in Philadelphia in which case wins and losses will absolutely affect your physical well-being and the well-being of your family due to uh, riots and the throwing of glass bottles. So sports are kind of great in that way. And we were watching, uh, and I was excited for this. Now, I'm not a huge basketball fan, not a huge basketball watcher. I was excited for this game because it got me out of the house and it got me around my friends. That was all I was really, and I kind of, I wanted Boston to win, but if I'm being honest, I just wasn't all that emotionally invested in it, okay? And if you, if you want to, if you want to come to my house and take the cot off my wall that I have pinned there, as, as a man has to do, if you're from Cape Cod, you're going to have to rip it, rip it off my disgusting, disgusting drywall. So we go, we watch the game, and. I'm all excited and everybody's all, oh, and then the Celtics just get walloped, walloped. And you're sitting there and you're looking around and you go, we all came out. Everybody, we all work, we all have jobs. We all came out to enjoy a little game of basketball to enjoy a little bit, a little celebration, a little excitement, right? And then what we got was some of the most intense misery any of us had ever felt in our entire lives. And you sit around and you go, wow, maybe we should have played pool. It was just brutal, man. Like, even if you're not excited for the outcome that much, it's like, God damn. You see a team lose, and you're just watching these guys, these athletes who, like, sure, they're getting paid millions of dollars. Sure. But I don't know. I I do think with a lot of those guys, the reason they get to the place they're at is because it really matters. Like, this kind of goes without saying, but it's like the game really matters to those guys, even though they're making millions and millions of dollars. That that competitive nature about them is kind of what got them into that place in the first place. So you see these dudes, and 
and they're keeping it together and they're keeping the strength, which I, I could not do that. If I was an NBA player and my team was losing in the first quarter, I would be crying on the bench. I would be like, this is too much. I'd be like, we worked so hard. <laughs> we worked so hard and we're down by five points. <laughs> They'd be like, who, who signed this guy? And I'd be like, my dad's the GM. (laughs) My dad's the GM of the Celtics. (laughs) Stop looking at me or I'll have you fired. That's how how it would go if I was a Celtics player. If you put, hey, next season, throw me in. All right. You need a guy crying on the bench. It'll scare the other team. All right. I'll be like kind of a banshee. But instead of screaming, I'll be crying. And that's just as scary. But yeah, you just look at how dejected these guys are that they, they, you know, and they have to lose in front of thousands of people. And not only do they have to do that, they eventually in their careers have to become desensitized to losing in front of thousands and thousands of people. It's just such a crazy thing to watch. It's like psychedelic in a way. It's like this experience is just so drastically different from cuz I just I failed too. I failed publicly just like them before the game, but it was in front of five people in a wine bar at an open mic that I had to buy a drink to do. And not to talk too down on myself, but I feel like that's a bit of a different situation than Jalen Brown had. Okay? That's just how I feel. Um let's get into some questions. Sorry, hey, sorry to get real with you guys there for a second, but we have we have a a really great question here. How do I get my new friend's name? A tale as old as time, a song as old as rhyme. I forgot your name. So, I recently moved to a new area and have been slowly meeting people and making friends. Well, aren't you lucky well aren't you the lucky oh i moved to a new place and i started meeting people and making friends Ooh, listen some of us live in hollywood and haven't talked to a single person since i'm kidding it's good for you good for you that you did that in my efforts to not outsource more of my memory to technology and to actually save people's number who i'll actually stay in contact with I don't immediately save their number in my phone. Okay. Two things you have to do. If you get someone's number, you save their name with the number. Number one. Number two. You make a plan. You put it in your phone calendar just like that right away. There is no space between either of those two things. As a person, me, Dan, nice to meet you, who is constantly forgetting people's names and forgetting things I have to do. The only way that I help, that can help that, saving the number, saving the name, putting it in your calendar. Phones are evil. I agree with you, okay? But they're a necessary evil, and they can be an angel 
They can be an angel in disguise. That's not a phrase. They can be an angel. How would that even work? Okay, not to get off topic here. Imagine an angel in disguise. Imagine an angel walks into a bank with a scream mask and is like, everybody get on the ground. You would immediately be like, it's with the wings. Shut up. I painted them black so you couldn't tell. I'm I'm just a big crow. <laughs> Again, sorry for getting off topic. Um so you try to not use your phone as much as you can. Uh I'll also text message them with their name every th- uh 30 days or less. To keep the thread with their number from expiring on my phone. Interesting. Okay. Well, someone I hadn't been in touch with because they recently had a baby for the first time reached out to me. I can't remember her name for the life of me, but I do remember the baby's name. I thought of calling and hoping their voicemail has their name but I don't even have my name in my outgoing message. Yeah, not a lot of people do. You can't really rely on... Also, what if they pick up? Oh, buddy. What if they pick up? You can't. You can't call. You can't, because what if they pick up? They're like, hello? Unless they answer their phone like a 1940 secretary. Hello, Marjorie speaking. Can I connect you with the Pope? <laughs> Yes, I'm calling the Pope, please. Top floor. Um, yeah, you can't. You can't call. You can't call. There's got to be another way. You remember the baby's name, but you don't remember their name. Maybe Is that because their baby has a weird name? Is their baby's name like Thornathrump? That would make sense. Um, apparently, uh... My name is more memorable in this part of the country than when I moved here from. So uh, I was shocked when people I met once in the winter called me by my name. Yeah, there's there's a guy uh, I know named, I guess it's just his first name, so it doesn't matter. His name's Benedict, and I, I met him once and remembered his name immediately. Um, Any ideas for how I can pull off getting her name again? I'm too embarrassed to ask her for it. I mean, we've hung out a few times. I even went to her place in the Super Bowl and texted a lot before the baby came. But you didn't save the name? Come on. What are we doing here? You're texting this person without saving the name? You're 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 going raw. You can't your memory needs protection, okay? I I I've always said this. Writing things down is the contraceptive of the mind. Uh, After the baby came, she was so tired. uh, I felt bad telling her how tired I was from tending to my plants as a single plant parent. So you've had a long conversation with this person. So I stopped reaching out to her to not demand her precious attention. I've already been in the position where I feel I need to explain to some new friends why I still don't have their info saved on my phone and answering their... Well, it sounds like... Listen. Sounds like you have a bit of a problem here, buddy. And I'm going to... I Let me be relatable here. I 
have also alienated myself due to a strange social code that I follow only for me. Okay? I have been in your shoes. Do you understand me? Not with this specifically. I wish I could remember people's names. But I'm the kind of guy who uh, would show up to like uh, the lunch table with a bag of lettuce. And everybody was like, hey, stop doing that. And I was like, whoa, whoa, because my mouth was full of lettuce. But I do uh, think you need to get over it. I think you need to get over it. I think you need to just put people's names in your phone when they're talking to you. You don't have to go on Instagram in front of them. You don't have to go use your phone as the tool it is, okay? We are being sucked into a hedonic treadmill of buying and buying and buying and looking at our screen and not talking to the people around us. But if there is one thing the phone can do, it can help you remember a name. So why not get the one thing you can get out of a phone, okay? Now, back to the matter at hand. We've got a woman, she's got a baby, and she's got a name. Okay, now this might be a situation where you got to ask your friends who are close to her. You got to ask them, hey, uh, what is this person's name? What's why can't I remember it? And maybe they'll tell you that you're like the momentum guy or memento guy, whatever that whatever that movie is where you. Oh, oh, my God. There's your answer. Start tattooing people's names on your body. Why didn't I think of that before? Oh my God, that's so, yeah, start tattooing. And if you meet, meet a person with the same name, just put a tick mark next to their name on your arm. That's, that's the perfect solution, but back to the matter at hand. Okay, here's what you do. If you can't ask your friends what their name is because you feel embarrassed, give them a call. Call them. Hope they answer, though. Pick up the phone and go, um, well, you remember the baby's name. Just go, oh my God, you're, listen, your baby has such a beautiful name, but I had a dream, I had a fever dream, where you actually named the baby after you, and it sounded so gorgeous. And they'll go, oh, well, we we have the name, I don't know what you're, and you're, you go, no, 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 just, just say, just say, oh, I guess that wouldn't work, because then the baby's name would just be your name. Hmm, shit, I thought I had it, I thought I had it there. Oh, you know what my what my uh, game is with that? This is so stupid, but I have truly done this before, and it is so embarrassing. Uh, I take my ID out, and I go, oh, my God, my ID picture is so weird, and it's not weird, and I show the person. And usually, nine times out of ten, they'll go, that's not weird. And I'll be like, no, everyone has a more normal ID that photo that you see where I'm going. Everyone has a more normal ID photo than me. Why don't you show me yours? And then they almost always take out their ID and I can clock that name. It's evil. It's evil. But, oh, it's good. Oh, it works. The normal sane way, ask a friend of this person what their name is. The Dan Donahue method is try to get them to show you their ID picture and therefore their name. Or, or, I guess what you could do is, um, hmm, try to get them to change their name. 
Okay? You ever think of that? Think it, it's chess, and you need to be 8,000 moves ahead. Try to get, Try to convince this person to change their name. Okay? I don't know how you would do that. You could do it in sort of a face-off situation. Call them um, pretending to be a long-lost uh, or uh, their real biological father. All right? Say your name is uh, George. And uh, develop a long relationship with them. Have them love you. Have them trust you. Say, uh, the only thing I regret is that I wasn't around for your birth to give you the uh, f- the family name. And she said, what's that? And he said, well, G- George. And she could be like, well, I couldn't, Why? how could I take the family name? I'm a woman. And he says, I understand. I understand. But if you have it in your heart for an old dying man, by the way, you, you pretend that you're dying for an old dying man, you'll change your name to George. And then you, and then you pretend, you pretend to kind of go into a state of shock and pass away. And then she may be compelled to change her name to George. And then you can just call her George. So there's your answer. Great question. Love the question. Thank you all for watching. I appreciate you. Thank you for your support. Please subscribe on Instagram. Subscribe. What did I just say? Subscribe on. What am I talking about? It's not on Instagram. The show is not on Instagram. On YouTube, Spotify. I'm sorry. I'm not in a good headspace at the moment. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Have a good one.